Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome in. It's a Saturday edition. Overtime, Toby Altizer with you up until 1.30 right here on The Fan. Feel free to hop in at any point during the show, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. Feel free to hop in at any point during the show. So I want to get into the Commanders game tomorrow. Obviously, we'll give you our predictions, also some keys to the game. I also want to talk about what do you need to see in the game tomorrow to be happy? You know, if they just win 13 to 10, I know what the calls are going to be like on Monday. Obviously, if they lose, it's going to be disappointing. But I think we can all hope that they're going to win. But what do you need to see in a win to be satisfied with the results tomorrow? We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But I got to start with this. You don't hear this often from the media in general. And maybe it's a wrong practice. I never learned it in school, but maybe it's the wrong thing to do. But I got to tell you, and maybe I can spend a little time on this and feel free to call in and correct me again if, if you want. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I thought the Wizards were going to be watchable and fun. They're neither watchable nor fun. <laughs> it's atrocious to watch. It's been so bad. And my guy Vic that does the Nats games and works some play-by-play stuff, you know, JT the Vic, he told me initially, he's like, are you sure about this? Is this a bit? And I'm not one of those guys that likes to do bits or, you know, conjures up stories that just add to things like just to get media fodder. That's not me. I like to give you my genuine takes. I thought they'd be fun to watch this year. I thought they'd be better than some people expected. I didn't think a playoff team, but I thought, okay, maybe kind of similar to where they were last year. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I mean, it's not fun to watch a team give up next to 130 a night. It's not fun to watch a team when they traded for Jordan Poole and everyone got excited for him to come to D.C. I thought he'd give you an exciting brand of basketball, and he hasn't done that. He's averaging 15.5 points on less than 40% shooting, 28% from three. I mean, it's just, it's not good basketball. And it's just been very disappointing. You know, I talked about this before the season. The ESPN puts out a league pass rankings for all the all 30 teams in the association and kind of says, which teams are the most watchable, which teams are not, which teams do you want to tune in and watch, which teams do you want to kind of stay away from. And they put the Wizards dead last. And I thought, okay, well, maybe locally they'll be fun. I can understand from a national narrative they're not going to be fun to watch. but I thought, okay, they'll be fun to watch locally because Jordan Poole scored 41 points in a preseason game. And Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole and offense together should be electric. Some nights they're going to shoot, you know, 10 of 60 combined, and sometimes they're going to be just can't miss from behind the arc and everything's going the right way. Unfortunately, Kuzma's been fine. Jordan Poole hasn't been able to hit anything. 
And defensively, I think we all understood they were going to be a disaster. And somehow they're worse than we thought. So it's just, it's so hard to watch this Wizards team now. But, you know, I think Doc brought up a good point. You don't necessarily want to get ahead of yourselves. It's one of those things, once again, where we love to talk and say things and then we hate to actually live it out. We love to say, oh, yeah, tank and try to get the best possible draft pick and let's put ourselves in the best position to grow and rebuild and tear it all down. And then you get into the season and the Wizards have two wins so far and you're like, man, this is tough. And that's what it is. It is tough. And there's a reason why teams don't love doing this. Why? People don't want to go to games. People don't necessarily want to tune in on TV to watch you lose every night. It's difficult right now. But I think you've got to trust what's going on here. I think bringing in the new executives and Winger and Schlenk and Dawkins, I think you're starting to see a clear plan, and I think it shows up in one guy in particular, and that's Bilal Koulibaly. And you've got to be encouraged by what you've seen so far out of him. The Wizards themselves, I would say overall fairly disappointing. But watching the young guy, Bilal Koulibaly, be able to come in and make impacts right away. And not even just on the defensive side of the floor. Because this is something that I thought he'd be a good defender. He'd struggle offensively, especially from beyond the arc. And that hasn't necessarily been the case so far this year. He's shooting 50% from the field, 43% from beyond the arc. He's averaging eight points a game. That's what you want to see out of him. It's going to take some time to grow and get accustomed to the NBA game. But you see him make a difference defensively. Last night, he can guard all over the floor, and you end up putting him on a guy like a Jalen Brunson for some time. He can guard multiple positions. He's someone that has lots of potential, and I love that you're starting to see a clear plan. It's something that's going to take some time, no doubt. We'll see what happens with some of the guys. I mean, I talked about this commander season being, in some ways, an evaluation period for the guys in the organization, for Ron, for... EB for Jack Del Rio, for the guys in the front office, and for the guys even in the business side of things like a Jason Wright. I felt like the entire season was an evaluation thing. I kind of feel like that might be the same thing with the Wizards, but not necessarily on the executive front because they're obviously all new, but maybe more so just with all the players and getting to know who all these guys are. Is Kuzma someone that you can keep and try to build around? And maybe he's not a number one option, but can he be a solid number two option? I think he's showing that he can be a solid player in this league. Jordan Poole's going to have to start improving, but what can he be for this organization? Is he someone that you can try to keep around, or is he someone that you end up dealing to a contender and say, hey, we'll uh, we'll figure out a deal here. We can keep rebuilding. He can help you as your fourth option. So I think you're seeing that with a lot of people, but the big thing is how does Bilal Koulibaly grow? Because this is a new type of draft pick for the Wizards. Last couple of seasons, you've drafted guys primarily out of college with the exception of Denny Avdia, but you've drafted guys coming out of college that I wouldn't say aren't going to be good basketball players, but their ceiling is a little bit capped, right? Like Corey Kispert's never going to be a supermax player. I like Corey Kispert. He's never going to be a supermax guy. Johnny Davis, even at his best, if everything went right and we were praising him today and everything had been going great, He's not a supermax type player. Same thing with Rui, those sorts of things. I think Denny's the one exception out of that previous regime's draft classes. But they haven't drafted guys with sky-high ceilings. Yes, 
very low floors, but sky-high ceilings. And I think you're seeing sometimes we overthink these things. If you get a guy that played overseas, even if it isn't in the premier basketball leagues and it didn't go to college, but he played overseas, like Bilal Koulibaly, the guy has just played professional basketball. And he comes in and he's prepared and he's ready to go and he understands how to play the game. And I think you can see that in the way that he plays already. And the thing that I like about it is, you know, we talked with Josh Robbins before the season started, kind of a preview everything. And I thought it was interesting the way that he laid it out, saying, I don't see a way that Bilal Koulibaly isn't a decent to good NBA player. Now, he may never be a great player. He's definitely got that potential, but he's going to be a good player because of his defense, because of his feel for the game. But what I really love about this is Bilal Koulibaly could be a super max player. We don't know yet. Maybe. Chances are he's not going to be, but there's not very many of those true superstars in the NBA, but he could be. And I like taking those chances because how many people thought when Giannis Antetokounmpo was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks that he was going to be a super max, legit, building block franchise player? I think you thought maybe he could be good, but I don't think anyone thought he'd turn into what he is. I like taking those sorts of chances. You know, when maybe it was just a faulty reasoning by the previous regime by drafting some of those other guys because maybe they're thinking we've got Beal in town, so we've got our star, but it's about building up the role players so that we can try to make a playoff run. Maybe that was their thought process, and if so, that's fine. But you're also drafting lottery picks. <laughs> you, you can't think that you're in a great spot. You know, if, if a team that's in a really good spot like the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics drafted a guy like a Corey Kispert if he were to fall, that's a good pick for them. It helps out. They have Tatum, they have Brown. But they can't continue to make those kinds of picks if they're picking in the lottery inside the top 10. And the Wizards have consistently been in the lottery inside the top 10, and yet they were drafting those guys that had a limited upside. I love the fact that there's a change in things. And so despite this season being, even though it's only 12 games in, it's a wash, (laughs) it seems like. Even though it's already at that, just 12 games in, I think there's some encouraging things that you can watch for the rest of the season. And a lot of those things are really on one guy wearing number zero, Bilal Koulibaly, however he develops. And maybe it's not something where he ends up by the season averaging 15 points a game over the last 15. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's something where all throughout the season he's around 8 to 10 points, and that's fine. But it's can he continue to grow? Can that feel grow and just continue to get better? I think that's what this season's going to be wrapped up in. You know, we talked about it before the season. Let's rebuild. Let's tank. Let's do all this stuff. It's really difficult to do. It's really difficult to put into practice and have the patience that it takes. That's why teams don't love doing it. But I think this team has the right people in place to do it. And it's just going to take some time. It's just going to take some time. So we'll get into some commanders football. I just wanted to tell you and just come out forefront. I was dead wrong about the Wizards. But at the same point, Just have a little bit of patience, and I think they'll get things figured out. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's get into the Commanders game. What do you need to see to be happy with how things go tomorrow? Obviously, you want to see a win, but do they need some style points? Do you just want to see the win? That's fine. Do you need to see some style points? Do you need to see Sam Howell What do you need to see to be satisfied tomorrow? 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in. We'll take a break. We'll come right back in just a few.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you up until 1.30. Feel free to hop in at any point. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. The question I have for you is this, pretty simple. What do you want to see tomorrow? And obviously we're all going to answer a win. But what do you need to see in a win? Because like I said, Monday morning, if they only win 13 to 10 on a walk-off field goal, I already know what all the phone calls are going to be to the Junkies, to B. Mitch and Finley, and to Grant and Danny. (laughs) It's going to be complaining, complaining, complaining. So what do you need to see? You need to see growth out of Sam Howell. I talked about that with Doc just a couple of minutes ago. I think this is a huge game for Sam Howell and his development. They're not going up against a great football team. There's not many teams, I think, going into this season and going into a game that you feel like we're better than them. I thought that about Arizona week one. I think that about the Giants right now. I thought it about the Giants a couple of weeks ago. But how does Sam Howell bounce back from his probably his worst performance of the season? Maybe you could throw the Buffalo game in there, but against the quality of opponent that the New York Giants give you, he went 22-42, 249, no touchdowns, a pick, six sacks, minus 52 yards on that. And that's what I think is the big thing. And he just looked completely out of sync for a majority of that football game. Can he improve off of that? But what do you need to see? My buddy Greg texted and said... He wants to see four quarters of football. I think that's so true. I think that might be the biggest thing. You can you know, define that however you want, whether it's with Sam Howell, whether it's with the run game, obviously the defense. But can you have a complete football game? Don't come out in the first quarter and roll all over them and then disappear and just hang on for the following three quarters. Don't come out in the second half better because you've already created a deficit of 10 points. Don't do what you did in that first Giants game and put yourselves in a hole that you have to dig out of. Come out and play four quarters of football. 
maybe it's not something where you win 35 to 7 or 49 to 17 like the Cowboys did last week. But can you come out and play a solid four quarters? Come out in the first quarter, put a good drive together, force a three and out on their first drive, find ways to make impactful plays, and don't beat yourself. Like I said, I don't think there's many times you can walk into a game this year for this team and feel like I'm definitively definitively the better team. But I think you can say that this Sunday. Now you got to go out there and prove it. Don't beat yourself. Don't turn the ball over. Don't have penalties. Don't have blown assignments. Those sorts of things can kill this sort of a game. So what do you want to see on Sunday? Let's get out to Steve in Harrisburg. Steve, what's going on? Hey, man, I appreciate you taking my call. I, you know, I look at this as like a college football weekend where the top 10 team is playing the scrub out of southwest nowhere land, <laughs> and they have to literally run the score up because anything remotely close looks like they played down to their competition. For once in, in this entire season, I would like to see us. Actually, let's be fair, once in Rivera's entire career here as, as the commander's coach, I would like to see them play the competition that they're playing and play them at their level the whole way through four quarters and whoop them, literally whoop them for once. And and I think that a lot of that comes down to mindset, which is something that the coaches have a part in. The coaches can instill that. In. And if this coaching regime, which I think doesn't have a prayer of being back next year, and I, and I hope they don't because just, from pure player selection standpoint, but if they have a prayer of doing it, they have got to instill some form of killer instinct. And and that's something that I do see in other teams, even bad teams. You look at Cosby out there in Oakland or in Oakland, you know, Vegas, you look at those kinds of teams, even if they're not good, even if they're the same record, you still get the feeling that they're ready to freaking fight somebody. I don't get that feeling from our team. And I think that comes from the let's celebrate, you know, the, the wall of Gaylord, you know, let's get, have the wall of shame here. I mean, the, you know, I, I feel like we celebrate way too many nonsensical little victories instead of just crushing someone. And so that's what I want to see. Steve, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I think he's right on there. You know, I don't necessarily need to see a laugher to be satisfied with a win tomorrow, but I do need to see them control the game. Now, maybe it's something where they only win by 21, 24 to 7, something like that, where it's not as big a lead as you'd like. But if they look in control the majority of the game where, you know, Sports Center or NFL Network or one of these places might not cut to them and show all of their highlights and they just show the final score, and it's like, well, they didn't really dominate them like they should. But if you actually watch the football game, you're like, yeah, I mean, They had control the entire time. It was never in doubt. If it's one of those sorts of deals, I'll be fine with that. But I like that idea that you just need to go out there and dominate someone. You know, you think about the Raiders and what they've done since they moved on from McDaniels. It's not as if they're the most talented football team, but they go out there and act like they're the better team. And they have some talent on that team, and they play with a little bit of swag. And, you know, Devontae Adams is on the offensive side of the ball. And everyone's talking about how good he is and how much of a difference he can make. Terry McLaurin plays in D.C. last time I checked, right? He plays for the Commanders. I wouldn't say he's necessarily the same as Devontae Adams, but why is it so many times when we watch a game, it's like, where'd Terry go? Why isn't Terry more involved? Find a way to have Terry just dominate a game. You know, they have on the other side, Max Crosby, and he's just making plays all over the place. Last time I checked, 
you're paying two defensive tackles here a lot of money. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. How about they make an impact? John, love you, dude. You know, I, I think you do great hits with the Junkies every single Monday. But I need you to come out and make impactful fl- plays on the football field. And I'm interested how much that injury is actually bothering him. You know, they kind of talked about it flippantly during training camp, plantar fasciitis, which that's not something you can be flippant about. But I wonder if it is actually affecting him because maybe with pain, you don't have the full track record that you can say you give him the benefit of the doubt. He's always been a good run defender, but he wasn't always a good pass rusher. He was last year, and it hasn't carried over to this year. So I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt as much as I will Jonathan Allen because Jonathan Allen has a long track record of being a really impactful, good defensive tackle. But we have not seen that this year out of either one of those guys. And what's going on? You know, like I talked about, the Raiders, when Max Crosby's on the field, it's not like the Raiders are some special team, but they have that killer mentality, even though they're not good. I think that's a really good point, that this Washington team lacks that killer mentality, even though they've got some dudes on their team. They do. But sometimes they don't act like it. Sometimes they walk into every single week like it's, like it's, I don't know, like they don't have a chance, you know, Go in and act like Terry McLaurin is the best wide receiver on the football field. Go in and act like Jonathan Allen is going to wreck every game. Go in and act like that, and then make it happen. They've got an opportunity tomorrow. Let's see if they can do it. Let's get out to one more phone call before we take a break here. Let's get to Damon in Maryland. Damon, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Um, So what I would like to see out of the offense, the studs we have in the offense like Terry be a stud. Go out there and, and throw your weight around. Show everybody that you are a top five guy in this league and you can dominate whenever you want to. On defense, I would love to see a shutout. We haven't had a shutout, it feels like, in 30 years. I mean, let's go out there and dominate. Sorry to cut you off there. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh... I think it's shutout would be nice. We're going to hit a break here when we come back. I do want to talk a little bit more about this because something I want to do for you here. I want to read you I want to read you the box score from last week's Giants game and tell me they should not dominate this football team on the defensive side of the ball tomorrow because there's no way they shouldn't. Let's take a break. We'll come right back. 800-636-1067. You want to hop in. What do you want to see out of the game tomorrow? We'll keep talking about the Commanders and Giants next year on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you here for another hour on The Fan, talking about the Commanders and Giants game tomorrow. What do you need to see to be satisfied with the results? I think we all obviously want to see a win. That's pretty understandable. But a 13-10, to 10-7, 14-7 win isn't going to thrill a lot of you. What do you need to see? You need to see some style points. You need to see the defense step up. What do you need to see? I do want to see the defense come out and play really well. You know, the last caller brought up having a shutout, possibly, against the Giants. And it's really tough to do in the modern NFL, but you'd love to see something of defensive domination. Maybe not a shutout, but can you go out there and just dominate? You know, last week, I think that the Cowboys obviously dominated the Giants 49-17. to all of those touchdowns basically coming once the game was out of reach. But I want you to listen to this box score for the Giants and tell me that the Washington defense shouldn't come out and improve their statistics on the season by what they do tomorrow. Tommy DeVito, 14 of 27 for 86 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. 86 yards on 27 attempts, five sacks. That's nothing. Saquon Barkley, 13 carries, 66 yards. Saquon cannot beat you tomorrow. You cannot let number 26 in blue do his thing. You just can't. Saquon Barkley is their offense. You cannot let him get going. That's the one guy that should scare you if you're Washington going into tomorrow. If you're Jack Del Rio, the one guy that you should have plastered everywhere in the facility saying, don't let this man beat you this week, Saquon Barkley. He's the one guy that should scare you and can win that game for the Giants if you let him. Tommy DeVito on the ground, seven rushes, 41 yards. Matt Breida, one carry, three yards. Jayshon Corbin, never heard of him. No disrespect to him, but never heard of him. One carry for a yard. Wandale Robinson, a carry for no yards. Again, my point here, they don't have dudes. They just don't. Daniel Bellinger was their leading receiver. Two receptions for 34 yards. Have you heard of Daniel Bellinger? Because I wouldn't blame you if you haven't. I do, but it's because I'm in a crazy fantasy football league where we're, we're deep diving every week to try to find the guy's bottom of the barrel. That's how I found Daniel Bellinger. Darius Slayton, you've heard of him. Three catches, 21 yards. Jay Sean Corbin, again, no idea. Three catches, 12 yards. One of their touchdown catches. Lawrence Cager, you heard of him? Sorry, I haven't. I, I don't know who he is. He might be a decent football player. He might have been a stud in college. I just... Sorry, I have not heard of him. Paris Campbell, 
one for six. Wandale Robinson, two for six. Sterling Shepard, one for two. Those guys shouldn't scare you. Isaiah Hodgins and Jalen Hyatt didn't have a catch. Saquon Barkley with one catch for negative five yards. What's my point in going through the box score? Defensively, you have Jonathan Allen. You have Deron Payne. You have Jamin Davis. You have Cam Curl. You have Emmanuel Forbes. Kendall Fuller. Benjamin St. Juice. Name all the guys if you want. All of those dudes. Aside from Saquon Barkley. Like, honestly, if you were to power rank the Washington defensive players against the New York offensive players that they're rolling out there this week, Saquon Barkley would be wherever you want to put him. He'd be top five, maybe top one in that conversation of those people. But they might not have another guy (laughs) inside the top eight. You have seven of the top eight guys. You should dominate tomorrow. Andrew Thomas is questionable tomorrow. Evan Neal's already out. You should dominate defensively tomorrow. You have guys to do it. Now it's about going out there and doing it. You cannot let Saquon Barkley get his. Saquon Barkley's the one guy that should scare you. But if Tommy DeVito has to drop back 30 times to beat you, that should be a winning formula for Washington. It should. And this is why I think you need to see a complete four quarters of football. If it's something, like our first caller brought up, where they're in it in the fourth quarter, they're going to gain confidence. They're going to feel like, hey, man, anything can happen over the last four, you know, 15 minutes, over the last quarter. Anything can happen, so let's give it a whirl and see what happens. We're only down by seven. Can't do it. Cannot do it. You absolutely need to play four quarters of football where it starts early, get on the board early, make them chase points, put it on Tommy DeVito's shoulders. I'd love for Tommy DeVito to have to beat this football team. And if he does, (laughs) well, one, someone's probably going to be out of a job. But two, I I just don't think Tommy DeVito's doing it. He just isn't. So make the defense have its best game of the year. Make plays. Do something special tomorrow. And it might not be anything too crazy, but at least hold them to, you know, what were they saying? Under 17 points with Doc? Hold them to under 17 for sure. I think you could put a four-quarter of football together, but four quarters of good football together, I think you win this game pretty easily. So I think the big thing tomorrow when you're facing these guys don't beat yourself, but just go out there and do your job. You know, we see signs all over this office. You got two right here on the 1067, the fan door. Do your job. This is one of those games where if you do your job and don't have to do much else, you probably should still win the football game. Generally, you'd like to say do your job, but do it super well. I don't even think you have to do it super well tomorrow, and you can still win. Just do what you're asked. Don't blow assignments, don't get false starts. Don't turn the ball over. All those things. If you just play good, disciplined, solid football, you should win tomorrow. 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in. What do you want to see in the game tomorrow? Let's get out to Mitch in Virginia. Mitch, what's going on? Hey, Mitch, you there? How's it going? Uh, hey, what's going on, Mitch? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what's up, Mitch? Yeah, um, I don't think it'd be a close game. I think the Giants anemic. I don't know what – put my thought out there. To me, it looks like they're just tanking unofficially for Caleb uh, Williams. No, it was Drake. It was Drake. 
I think they look cool back then, actually, anyway. But to me, it's like they're not even trying to win. I mean, is that the best thing coming over and over this this uh, DeVito guy? He's not a, he's not an NFL quarterback. I don't know how you put him over Matt Brock. But anyway, it should be an easy win. But we're not making the playoffs either, but we don't need a quarterback, that's for sure. Mitch, Thanks for taking my uh, – Yeah, appreciate it, Mitch. So. Yeah, I think the big thing is they're not tanking. They've obviously been hit pretty hard with the injury buck this year. I mean, losing Daniel Jones for the season, Tyrod Taylor getting hurt. That's why you get stuck with Tommy DeVito. We've seen that before here in D.C. That's how you end up starting Mark Sanchez. <laughs> that's that's how you end up starting Josh Johnson. Like, that's happened before here in D.C. But I think his biggest point there is this team might not make the playoffs. If you look at the rest of the schedule for Washington, it's pretty difficult. It is definitely not easy down the stretch. I think you'd say that there's two games that you feel are definitely winnable on the rest of the schedule, one of them being tomorrow, the next one being the Rams. Maybe you want to say the Jets is a winnable football game, but their defense is legit. But they don't have a lot of winnable games left on the schedule. You're sitting at four and six. I mean, it's a realistic possibility. They play decent football down the stretch here and only win six games which they could be in position if they wanted to take a quarterback. But I think to his point, I think that's where it gets interesting. They might, they probably don't need a quarterback. You know, I, I know Linnell came on 980 and said that he'd rather have Sam Howell than Caleb Williams. And I don't necessarily agree with that. But I think my point is with Sam Howell at this point, it'd be, it's either Caleb Williams or Drake May and that's it. If it's one of those two, I'd consider it. And if it's something where you have to give up loads of draft capital and everything to move up, I'll pass. I'll just stick with Sam Howell. But if you gave me the option between the two, I'd consider. But if it's Michael Penix or it's J.J. McCarthy, Shadur Sanders even, one of these other guys, I'll pass. I'll stick with Sam Howell. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to get to your phone calls, 800-636-1067. What do you want to see in the game tomorrow that will satisfy you? Obviously, we all want to see a win, but how much do you need to see to be satisfied with the win tomorrow? We'll talk about that next here on The Fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 1067 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you up until 1.30 here on The Fan. Get out to some phone calls, 800-636-1067. What do you need to see in tomorrow's game to be satisfied? Let's get out to Andy in Sterling. Andy, what's going on? You're on The Fan. Good afternoon, man. Hey, uh, before I make my comment, I want to thank you for making some comments you made with Doc uh, before your show starts. You made the comment that uh, it seemed... Like, even the on-air talent on the fan, along with uh, sports writers in this town, were begrudgingly did not want to give Sam the credit he deserved. It was like, they would say, yeah, we had a good game. He threw for a lot of yards, but then he he threw a bunch of interceptions. He got sacked too much. Man, we as fans don't want to hear that crap. We want to hear, for once, we finally got possibly our quarterback of the future. The negativism that I've heard just since Sam became starter, is incredible. 
they neglected the fact that EB was not doing him any favors at the beginning of the season when he was calling nothing but pass plays. Did nothing to establish the ground game, which put uh, Sam under increased pressure for getting sacked. Well, the offensive real, line... Real quick, Andy, I, I want to chime in here because I, I, I do understand your point. I do want to defend the guys. I'm not trying to throw anyone on blast or anything, but I think we fall into sometimes the fans can do it, but especially media members, when you're trying to evaluate a quarterback. And, you know, this is the first time in a while that this this team has had a quarterback where you felt like this might be the guy, but we got to evaluate and see if he is, right? It hasn't been that way since maybe Kirk or RG3. And so what happens is you start watching every game a little bit differently. You know, if Heineke makes some of these throws, they're like, oh, the receiver's got to make the catch because it's not dissecting the quarterback. But, you know, you're dissecting every single decision and throw that Sam makes to a point that it's not realistic. You know, Patrick Mahomes is going to go out there and not every pass is going to be in the perfect spot. And so I think sometimes what we do as media members when we're trying to evaluate different things is we just take it a little bit too far without realizing that, you know, Sam's making the right decision here. The throw maybe isn't in the perfect spot, but it missed by like a foot and it still hit the receiver in both hands. You know, you know, there's been a couple plays where Jahan Dotson earlier in the year had a chance to catch a ball. Was it a little bit behind him? Sure. But do you want Sam to throw it out of bounds? No, I think he gave him a chance to make the play. And if Mahomes makes that play, we're talking about, oh, well, Mahomes gave his guy a chance and the guy dropped it and the blame's on the receiver. So I think what happens sometimes just to their defense is we overanalyze stuff, but I do understand your point, and that's the point I was trying to make, that I think Sam has been good this year, and at times we've been overly critical, but I think you're starting to see that shift a little bit now. Can I make another comment? Sure, yeah. Uh, the part that I disagreed with you uh, in your last segment was you said if given the opportunity, we should draft Caleb Williams. Now, Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy sure. this uh, last year. This year... Uh, he was preseason. They were supposed to be in the top ten. He was a preseason choice to win the Heisman again. Mm-hmm. Turns out Southern Cal does not have a good defense, and now they have what a seven and four record, seven and five record. They're not going to any of the big time playoff games at the end of the year. I watch a lot of college football, and I see flaws in Caleb Williams' game. I would not, under any circumstance, trade for Caleb Williams. No, here's, if, here's where I um, want to correct you real quick. If they're in a position to take him without having to trade, if they were to somehow, by some magic, the Giants start winning football games, the Panthers, the Bears, all these teams move out of the way and you're sitting there at the number one or two pick because Washington stinks it up and finishes the year 4-13, and 13, I'm taking Caleb Williams if I have the number one overall pick or if he slips to number two and I have the number two overall pick. But if you're, well, picking, that's a- if you're picking eighth and you have to trade up, no, I'm, I'm sticking with Sam. Well, that's that. You know, that's a, a dream scenario. He's going to be uh, taking number one or number two. The Commanders are not going to be any, in any position to draft him. The only way they're going to get him is if they take those additional uh, draft picks that they picked up in those trades for their defensive ends and and mortgage the future to get him. Other than that, forget it. Sticking with Sam is the only thing that makes sense. Draft a bunch of offensive linemen in every round in the next draft. I wouldn't care. Andy, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, and my point, I want to reiterate this. My point isn't saying how good Caleb Williams or Drake May is. My point is this. I'm sticking with Sam Howell unless it's Caleb Williams or Drake May. I think most people would agree that those two prospects 
you can't say anything's can't miss, and I'm not going to say that it's can't miss, but they're going to probably be very good players, all right? So I'll take my chances with them, but only if I'm in the position where I don't have to trade up, or maybe if I do have to trade up, it's very minimal that I have to give up to get them, but I'm not doing anything to take any of these other guys over Sam. My point is, I'm behind Sam wholeheartedly. Because I don't think you're going to be in a position to draft Drake May or Caleb Williams. So my point isn't saying that those guys are far and away and trying to talk up them and they need to... No. I'm saying stick with Sam Howell because you're not going to be in a position to take either of those guys. So stay with Sam. Let's get out to TJ in Reston. TJ, what's going on? Hey, my guy. It's a privilege, not a right to be on. So I appreciate you guys putting me on. And uh, I like I like your, your positivity, man. Overall, like uh, now that you've come on and you're doing your, your segments, uh, you, you got a good, uh, nice, nice vibe of uh, uplifting and everything, which I, I really I admire. Appreciate it. Um, absolutely, brother. Um, so you know, with with Sam um, on this game, right? Uh, to me, it's not as much about Sam. I'm more focusing on how Eric Bieniemy calls the plays. Bieniemy's done a, a really good job overall. He's he's had some ups and downs on his season play calling, but overall he's he's done a good job. I think play calling. The one thing though that I think he hasn't done, which is really weird, considering how bad our offensive line is, it seems like uh, he's almost never doing bootlegs with with, with Sam. That's what I want to see. If you got a mobile quarterback, you've got a terrible offensive line. I'm not saying copy what the Eagles do, but do some more run plus options. Do some bootlegs where you know you roll them out to the left or the right. You give him the option to make a quick throw. Or run, but either way, he's out of the pocket. Out of you don't have to worry about stressing out the linemen. They can focus more on their run blocking until they they gel better and all of that. So, so that's what I would like to see. And something slightly off topic, but regarding Washington, which I want to squeeze out there because I haven't had a chance to do it on some previous calls, sure. and I'll, I'll try to do it quickly because I know out of respect for other callers, um, I know like the media and, and most of the fans here were really happy with trading Montez and and Chase Young. I get the Montez sweat part. We got a high second rounder. I get it. My, I have a, I would, not only I would give it the trade, the Chase Young trade an F, I would give it an F minus and I'll, I'll tell you what. Chase Young is 24 years old. Um, he's, he was out one year. He, he now is at a point where he's only had one bad year. A lot of it has to do with the injury. He had a great rookie year. And this year, in some ways, by the metrics, he's been playing as arguably the best defender on the Washington Commanders. My problem is this. We only got – I would have been okay with it if we got, let's say, a third and a fourth for him or, or one second rounder or even a third and a fifth. To trade a 24 – and also keep in mind as context, we have a quarterback and a rookie contract. The whole point of that was so we could sign players like Montez and Sweat. To have a rookie quarterback on, on a rookie contract – but to let both Montez and Chase go is insane to me. To get, okay, if you look at the NFL 32 teams, look at who was taken in the third round. To get a third rounder, a guy that uh, is probably going to be a good special teams player, at best is going to be a borderline starter for a 24-year-old defensive end, we maybe we couldn't sign both Montez and Chase, but it's just it was such a bad move. What we should have done is this. We should have gotten a third or a fourth or a third or a fifth for Chase. If we don't get that, don't trade them. Don't just – ESPN wrote a great article. We, we, we were selling high on Chase, but we bought low. It made no sense in the world. We also should have traded Jacoby Gotten We could have gotten a fifth rounder for him. So we either should have kept Chase Young, or if you're going to do this thing where you're adding draft picks, 
then do it the right way. Yeah. You, you got your second for Montez. You get a third and a fourth for Chase. You could have gotten a, a fifth for Brissett. That's what you do. But, but to Chase, I'm telling you, like, you, we're, we're going to see this two years from now, three years from now, four years from now. This is going to be looked at as an F minus. You trade, we traded uh, um, almost well, guaranteed Pro Bowl defensive end for like probably like a yeah. special teams player. TJ, it's I appreciate so the phone call. But man. everything else is beautiful. God bless you. Appreciate it, TJ. That's an interesting discussion. I'll answer that real quickly with this. I think there's more to the Chase Young thing than just looking on the field. And to think that they sold low, like that's probably the highest they were getting was that third rounder. Obviously, a lot of concerns with the health. And I don't doubt that Chase Young might go to San Francisco the rest of the year and have a great rest of the season. I don't doubt that he signs somewhere in free agency and plays incredibly well. But I think that he was going to benefit from going somewhere else. I think the team was kind of done. Now, this is where it gets interesting here, and this is where you could have a real discussion. I think Ron was done with the whole saga that comes with Chase Young. We all understand all the extra stuff here in D.C. I don't need to explain it to you. But I think Ron was done with all the Chase Young stuff, more so off the field than on the field. Here's the discussion, though. Ron's probably done after this year, too. So would you have not liked to give a new general manager a chance to at least make a decision on Chase Young? That's something you can have. I don't have an issue with it. I do understand the people that are frustrated by it because, yes, Chase is incredibly young. I think his ceiling is sky high. I still think his ceiling, if he can be healthy and play and get in the right system and have the right coaching and play disciplined football, I still think his ceiling is a top 10 edge rusher, maybe a top five edge rusher. I think he's got that kind of skill set. But I just don't think it was going to work here. And sometimes there's just not a perfect marriage. And I don't think Chase Young and D.C. was a perfect marriage. And he's probably going to go somewhere else and make it all work. But I just don't think it was right here. So I don't necessarily agree with him. The other thing, you brought up Jacoby Brissett. They weren't going to get much for Jacoby. And I think Jacoby helped you more here developing Sam Howell by being on the sideline. Jake Fromm is nice to have. Jake Fromm's not going to be able to sit over there on the sideline with Sam Howell after a possession and break it all down on the surface tablet, right? He's not going to be able to be as good as Jacoby can. I think Jacoby's helping in a lot of ways, almost like a second quarterback coach with Sam Peasy and helping Sam develop. So I don't hate it. If you were going to get like a fourth rounder, sure, but I don't think they were going to get much. If anything, you know, it was a pick swap. I think a sixth and a seventh round pick swap for Josh Dobbs. You weren't going to get much more for Jacoby Brissett. So I'm kind of fine with where they're at. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I'll get to you, Lou in D.C. I'll get to you, Chris in Hyattsville. And we'll talk about the keys to the game next here on The Fan. Welcome back. Final half hour here on The Fan. Before we turn it over to Hokies football, NC State taking on the Hokies in Blacksburg tonight. Appreciate people tweeting at me, correcting me. I was wrong. Ken Zampezi's not the quarterback coach. That was last year. It's Tavita Pritchard. Just a correction there. Some clerical issues. 800-636-1067. If you want to hop in and give me your thoughts for tomorrow, what do you need to see tomorrow to be happy? Obviously, we all want the win, but what do you need to see to be happy with the effort tomorrow at FedEx Field? Let's get out to Chris in Hyattsville. Hyattsville. Chris, what's going on? Hey, come on now. Don't, you're having a good broadcast. Don't be slipping on Hyattsville, all right? <laughs> Let me try uh, one more time. Chris and Hyattsville, what's going on? There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, hey, are you uh, are you happy with your uh, new first baseman? You excited? 
Who's that? Reese Hoskins? No, Rowdy Telez. You know it. You know it. You know it's going to happen. I don't know, man. I would like it. I think it would make some sense, but I, I don't know that it's going to happen. That, that's a that's a Mike Rizzo special. He loves him some stri- high strikeout, you know, <laughs> thick in the middle kind of, you know, hit a, hit 30 homers several years ago kind of guy. You know, like Mark Reynolds and Eric Thames. You know it's going to happen. Just trust me. And he's going to get him on a deal. He's going to get him on a budget. So, um Commanders. As far as commanders go, listen, uh, I, I don't know what the one guy was just talking about. Uh, Chase Young had no intention of staying with Washington, so you had to get value for him. And honestly, if you read the tea leaves, it looked like Sweat didn't want to stay here either. Um, when they made that deal, they essentially punted on the entire season. So the only thing that's left to do, because you don't trade your two best defensive pass rushers if you're if you're trying to win games, you you know you just unless you're getting other players who are going to be contributing on the roster right now. And they, they didn't, they got draft picks. So in my opinion, the only thing left to do is evaluate Sam Howe. Now, as far as drafting a quarterback goes, Sam Howe is the, the proof that shows to you that there is no guarantee what you're going to get in a draft pick. He's of his draft class of quarterbacks. You can make the argument. He's the best quarterback of that class right now. And he was drafted in the fifth round. There's no argument, right? Exactly. He was drafted in the fifth round. There is no guarantee that a Caleb Williams or whoever or the guy, uh, what's his name, uh, from Oregon or anybody is going to be any better than what you've got now with Hal. Have you ever heard of the expression, a bird in hand is worth two in the bush? Yes, I have. I mean, you know that Hal can compete on the NFL level. I mean, heck, you can say what you want about accounting stats. He's the number one passer in in the NFL right now. That's enough to tell you that he is competent and he's at least better than, you know, the run-of-the-mill guy. So you've got a guy who's on a cheap contract. Whatever draft picks you have need to be Here, – Here's to my one thing, Chris. Support. Here's why I would do it if it were Caleb Williams. And I wasn't planning to have this discussion, but here's the reason that I would. Because sometimes you have to take the next step to go to special. And Sam might be special. That's what we have the rest of the year to evaluate. So, you know, if it's something by the end of the year and Sam's at 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and he's shown growth every single week, then, okay, fine. Maybe you already have your guy. But just talking about what we've seen so far. Hold on, hold on. But just talking about what we've seen so far, Caleb Williams might be that improvement. I look at... It's different in some ways, talking about coaches, but I look at what Toronto did when Dwayne Casey was coach of the year, and they fired him and moved on to Nick Nurse, and then, yes, they got Kawhi Leonard, but they won the finals the next year with Nick Nurse. It, they viewed that as an upgrade. I don't know who those people are. I don't, uh, I don't know who those people are. NBA. Uh, I'm just saying, here's my point. Oh, I, if you feel like you that, can that, upgrade. That soccer? I don't know. <laughs> if you feel like you can upgrade at the quarterback position, and it's not going to cost you anything, and you'd be able to get stuff for Sam Howell if you moved on, then you do it. I'm not saying that's what I want to happen, though. I'm just saying if that were the possibility, that's something we can cross that bridge in the offseason. Right now, I'm sticking okay. with Sam Howell. But, okay, Toby, but if you told me that this Caleb Howell, uh, Caleb, Howell, Caleb Williams is on the order of Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck or Joe Burrow, maybe. That doesn't appear to be the consensus that he's a can't-miss guy. And and in the last probably 20, 30 years of drafted quarterbacks, there had been maybe four or five can't-miss guys. That's it. John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, 
maybe Joe Burrow. I, Dan, I don't you, That's it, right? There are way more flops. Here's the thing, Chris. You've got a guy right now who is good. Here's the thing that happens all too often in college sports, and it's unfortunate for draft prospects when it happens. Caleb Williams won the Heisman last year. All season long, we've been nitpicking everything he does. Every single decision he makes, it's what's happened with Sam Howells to an extent here. But every single thing he does, you're trying to figure out, this is why he can't be a good NFL quarterback. He's still going to be the top quarterback off the board, but everybody's trying to find holes in the armor. It happened with Trevor Lawrence when he was there at Clemson. He was the can't-miss guy, but he started for so long that everybody was trying to find something. Joe Burrow didn't have it happen. Why? He had his best season, he had his breakout, and he didn't go back to college the next year. But if Joe Burrow would have gone back to college at LSU the next year, it would have happened to him. It happens all the time. There's guys like Caleb Williams. I'm not saying he can't miss, but the tools he has are ridiculously loud, and he's just got so much talent. I'll take my chances. Now, my point in all of this. I wouldn't. Chris, my point in all of this was not to say I want Caleb Williams. My point in all of this was to reinforce that unless it's one of those guys, people are talking about Penix, people are talking about Bo Nix, it's Sam Howell for me, unless it's Drake May or Caleb Williams. And you're not going to be in a spot to take those guys. So maybe I should have just never mentioned yeah. it, but well, you're never going to be in a agree, spot, so I, I'm sticking with Sam. With that, with that you agree. And, and the other thing is, is I'm definitely, one thing I am certainly not doing is trading multiple first-rounders for him because that has never worked. The only Absolutely. time that has ever, ever worked, maybe you could say maybe was uh, for Eli Manning or – um, you know, maybe for Michael Vick, but those ca- yeah. those cases never work. Chris, RG3, appreciate the phone call, man. Happened. Sorry to cut you off, but we got to get to Lou in DC here. Let's get to Lou in DC. Lou, what's going on? Kobe, man, how's it going, man? Good. Not too bad. How you doing, Lou? Good, good. Um, as far as the question goes, to be honest, <laughs> on the defensive side, I really don't want to see anything because they haven't showed us anything the entire season. So. I mean, it's a waste season. I just want the season to be over with. I already know <laughs> Sam is going to be the QB one and keep EB as an offensive coordinator or, you know, give him a head coaching job if it's, if that's possible. But other than that, man, I, there's nothing to see. Like, week after week, we talk about, oh, they're going to do something. But, I mean, you know what's going to happen tomorrow with the defensive side. I mean, the offensive side, I'm fine. I mean, it's a work in progress. So, they, they both just took the job. So, there's nothing that I, I there's not I, I want to see Emmanuel Forbes get you know get an interception and then take it to the yeah. house so he could shove it in uh, Ron and, and and JDR's face for benching him for no reason because this is a guy you drafted and, and you you gonna bench a first round pick just because he's not I don't I don't get it I don't understand what yeah, they're trying and- to do what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, but I, I felt start. like with for Forbes with all of that situation, that was more on JDR. Who would have thought that matching up Forbes on AJ Brown and DJ Moore was the right choice when you have two veteran corners in Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller? Like, if you had the only choices exactly. between rookie corners, then fine. But I get what you're trying to do, but it's still early in the season. If it's week 18, week 17, and you've got Sauce Gardner on your team, and now you want to match him up against a Devontae Adams or a A.J. Brown or a D.J. more than fine. But it's early in the season. The one in Chicago is a short week after a bad game against Philly, and you've got Emmanuel Forbes matched up against A.J. Brown and D.J. Moore, who both are top 10 wide receivers. And in my opinion, with A.J. Brown, he's a top five wide receiver. What do you expect to happen? Right. 
Yeah, it's just it's just it's just show you how bad these two guys are. Like they don't know how to develop players. And you know, with the whole Sam situation, Ron came out. He said something about he didn't know he was that good. That just tell me he doesn't really care, or or, or, or it's just it's mine. But I would have fired him, like literally, like like I think it was the beginning of the season. He said he didn't know how good he was. I was like, what are you doing? Like the past year and a half, he was in. I mean, you drafted a guy. You you said he was a sec. I mean, what first, what second or first round pick. Uh, 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 talent level. So it just shows you that these guys aren't, you know, capable of doing the job. So I don't trust them week after week. You know, people could have all these hopes, but, you know, I just want the season to be over with, and I'm waiting for the next season, to be honest. That's that's how I'm looking at it. So, yeah, thanks, man. Lou, appreciate the phone call. I won't agree on the sentiment I want the season over, but I do think to an extent this idea that some people are looking at ways to get into the playoffs I don't necessarily need that to happen. I just want to continue to see Sam Howell improve. And so, to be honest with you, what do I want to see tomorrow? Yeah, I'd love to see a win. Yeah, I'd love to see domination. Yeah, I'd love to see them control the game for all four quarters. Yes, I'd love to see the defense just absolutely slow down DeVito and that entire offense to a halt. I'd love all of that stuff. But my big thing is, how does Sam Howell respond after what happened the first time against the New York Giants? The first time he got blitzed all day long and couldn't do anything, how does he respond to that? That's what I want to see. Honestly, tomorrow, if Sam Howell goes out there and plays really well, that's all I need to see. You'd love to see that piled on with a victory, but let me see Sam Howell grow after what happened the first time he played New York. How do they adjust, him and EB together? That's what I want to see tomorrow. Let's take a break. When we come back, I'll give you my keys to a win tomorrow as well as my predictions as we wrap up here on 106.7 The Fan. Last couple minutes here, 106.7 The Fan, before we turn it over to Hokies football, taking on NC State. Quickly as we wrap up, keys to the game tomorrow, my predictions for the game as well. Kind of hit on all of these so far, but we'll reiterate them here as we close out. Keys to the game, number one, and this is at the top of the list for me. Be ready for the blitz. Wink Martindale loves to blitz. Everyone knows it. EB knows it, Sam knows it, the entire offense knows it, the entire league knows it. He's going to blitz tomorrow, find a way to make it work. EB, that's on you, get a game plan together that works so that Sam is not just sitting back there getting harassed all game long. And Sam, find your hots, find ways to make it work. They're going to bring in some exotic blitzes, different things, but you know that it's going to be coming. So don't be trying to sit back there waiting on double moves and various things, and that's on EB as well. So just find ways to to get the ball out quickly, be effective, don't turn the ball over, but be ready for the blitz. That's definitely going to be number one for me tomorrow. Number two, Terry McLaurin. You cannot have Terry just disappear. It happens far too often, and I don't think it's Terry's fault. I think it's something where, for whatever reason, he doesn't become a focal point in the game plan. How about you just do one of those things tomorrow where you see how many balls Terry can catch in a game? <laughs> Try to set an NFL record for me tomorrow, please. How about you just get him 10 catches? Have we ever seen Terry do that? It, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, though. It doesn't have to be him doing double moves down the field. It doesn't have to be him running goes and posts. How about you run him on a slant? How about you run him just on a crossing route? Just get him the ball. Just find ways to get number 17 the ball in his hands and let him work. Let your best player win the football game for you, get Terry involved early, get him involved often. And then I think this is the big one for the team overall. Like I said earlier, 
there's not many games that this team can walk into that you feel very confident that you're probably the better football team, right? It, it just doesn't happen a whole lot. I felt that way about the Cardinals. I felt that way about the Giants earlier in the season. But not many games where going into it, you feel like you're the better football team. You should feel that way going into the game tomorrow. So don't beat yourself. No stupid penalties. You know, don't have a big run called back because of a hold. Don't be getting defensive pass interference to give them, you know, a lot of yardage. You know, Benjamin St. Juice, you cannot have pass interferences tomorrow. You know, if they're throwing deep shots, it's probably because it's prayer time. Don't bail them out by getting pass interferences. So none of that. No turnovers. Sam, take care of the football. Do your best to take care of the football. Don't throw interceptions. If you do take off and run like you did last week, hold on to the football. We've seen him grow from week to week with that, so I think that'll be all right. But don't turn the ball over. Robinson, Gibson, don't put the ball on the ground. Lastly on that, don't blow assignments. We've seen too many times in the defensive backfield where DBs just aren't on the same page and they end up blowing assignments. Don't do that. Don't be giving wide open spaces for Tommy DeVito to throw the ball into. Because I'm guessing if you just play disciplined defense tomorrow, Tommy DeVito is going to struggle. So don't blow assignments. Don't beat yourself on defense. And then defensively, my big key, there's one guy you need to focus in on. He wears number 26. We've all heard of him before. It's Saquon Barkley. Don't let Saquon beat you. Make everyone else do their thing, but don't let Saquon Barkley be the one that beats you. If Tommy DeVito comes out and finds a way to get it going, then you can worry about shutting him down and different things. But don't let Saquon Barkley get going on the ground. Don't let him get involved in the pass game. And when he does get things going, just slow him down. No more than three a pop. No more than four a pop. Just keep him contained. No home runs for Saquon Barkley. And I'll leave you with this as we wrap up here on Overtime on the Fan. My prediction for the game tomorrow. I feel good about this one, but at the same point, you don't, right? The game that we saw Sam struggle the most in was against the Giants with the Blitz, and it seemed like they couldn't get anything going. And that's why I think it's important that they're ready for it, they get a game plan ready to go for it. So I don't feel the best about it, but at the same point, it's the New York Giants with Tommy DeVito. So I'm going to go with a win for Washington tomorrow. Let's go... Let's go 24-7. I think they do well tomorrow. Let's go 24-7, Commander's victory. I think that they find a way to get things going tomorrow. The defense does well. 24-7, Commander's win. That's going to do it for us here on Overtime. Appreciate my guy Max and Chris for helping me out behind the scenes. I'm Toby saying goodbye. Hokies football up next. Enter Sandman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.